0: Let me invite you now to stand for our scripture reading from romans chapter 5 verses 6 through 11. and just want to welcome you if you're visiting the church we've been in this series in romans and we looked last week at the incredible peace that we can have through jesus christ and having this peace comes not from our work but it comes from justification by faith through Jesus Christ. This singular act of God to declare us righteous and enables that declaration enables us to rejoice in hope and rejoice even in suffering. And we continue on this theme of justification and in this passage we're going to explore a great topic, how loved we are by God. So let's look now, Romans 5, I'll read verses 6 through 11. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have been Oh Lord, how we ask that this wonderful truth, that you love sinners, would break through our minds, that we would have a greater apprehension of your love, and that you would help us, guide us, and lead us by your Spirit as you've promised to understand what you have written to us. And we pray this in Christ's name, amen. You may be seated. Did you know yawning is contagious? So I want to try some... Oh, hold on. Ooh, ooh. Excuse me. I want to try something with you. Let's all rip a fake yawn. Fake yawn. Ready? Go. ooh. ooh. Sometimes it's in the exhale, the isn't it you feel like you're ready to yawn don't you don't you feel your muscles sort of in your jaw ready to to yawn i'm telling you it's contagious i'm i'm looking to see if anybody (laughs) rips a real oh hold on (sighs) seeing if anybody um you know you feel like you need to yawn right about now don't you Don't you? I think I I saw one. Okay. The deal is yawning is contagious. When you're around people who are yawning or you see a person, when you see that, it has an effect on you, doesn't it? And here's the deal. In churches today where sin is dealt with casually, where there's a rejection of the doctrine of sin there is something that is catching and what we do is we sort of yawn we yawn at sin oh you know oh yeah you know and what do you see you see churches don't use the terminology of sin anymore uh, you see churches actually fulfilling Romans one thirty-two. Though they know God's righteous decrees that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them but give approval to those who practice them. Anytime the church calls that which is forbidden right and celebrates that, it's a rejection of the doctrine of sin. Paul has gone to great lengths from Romans 1.18 to Romans 3.20 to unpack for us a biblical anthropology and a biblical view of sin. Now, Why has he done that? It is because you know in part that the love of God is great and magnificent to the degree you understand and apprehend the doctrine of sin. Do you follow me? To the degree that you apprehend a biblical doctrine of sin, as unpleasant as that is, and remember, sin is westminster short catechism question and answer 14. what is sin sin is any one of conformity unto or transgression of the law of god i've talked about it this way previously we all share the same starting line romans 3 23 for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god why is this so important is the church just mean to proclaim this doctrine of sin no It's because you know the love of God to the degree that you embrace a biblical doctrine of sin. If you go to a church, and you don't, thank God, that they don't talk about sin, or they call it mistakes, or something like this, they somehow diminish the biblical doctrine of sin, the problem with that is we yawn at Jesus and His cross work for us you see if jesus has only saved you a little then god's love for you is not that great we know in part the magnificence and the glory of heaven because hell is bad and if we do not embrace this fact that we are sinners saved by grace, if we somehow diminish that, if we approach sin with apathy, we will likewise yawn at the glory of God seen in the sacrifice of Christ. For God so loved, what did He do? He gave. And He gave this exhibition of the greatest generosity in all of the universe. He gave to those Without hope, other than Christ, he gave to those who are what? Sinners. And so we know the greatness of God's love from the so-called badness of our sin or the sinfulness of our sin. And we will not rejoice. We will not have joy in what it means to follow Jesus and to be rescued and to know the depths of the Father's love for us if we do not talk about sin if we do not have a biblical view of sin. That's exactly what's going on here in Romans chapter 5. And we see in verse 6, so so this is the point, how loved are you in Christ? How loved are you? That's the subject here in verses 6 through 11. How loved are we? Verse 8, while we were still, what? sinners christ died for us that reality is put in two different places in this passage it's in verse 8 but it's also in verse 6 look with me there for while we were still what weak while we were still weak now the weakness here is a spiritual weakness it speaks of the inability of a person to do any spiritual good to save themselves while we were still weak while we were helpless it was at this time where there was nothing to commend us to god no performance available to us to commend our situation to god while we were still weak at the right time christ died for the ungodly our life before christ ungodly That's what the Bible calls it. The Bible speaks frankly and truthfully to us. It doesn't hedge any words. Why? Because it's connected to if you view yourself biblically and what Christ has done for you, then you triumph, rejoice, and celebrate in his love. So while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Look at verse 7 now. There's a comparison that happens in verse 7 that leads us to knowing and the explanation for how great God's love is for us. Verse 7, For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. This is talking about human love. If you, Human love is often reciprocal. You treat me well, I treat you well. Scratch my back, I scratch yours. This is the kind of love that we are used to. And it is placed here in this verse in contrast to the greatness of the love that God has for us. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person. Pop quiz. Are we righteous people? Not apart from Christ. Perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die romans 3 12 are we good all have turned aside together they have become worthless no one does good not even one and so in this passage you've seen so far that we are weak helpless unable to do the spiritual things necessary to save ourselves we are helpless and weak we are ungodly and then by implication in verse 7 we are neither righteous nor are we good you want to know god's love for you the measure of it look at verse 8 but god shows his love for us in that while we are still sinners christ died for us this is the ultimate display of God's love for us do you see now why you have to have a biblical doctrine of sin if you or the church the liberal church has jettisoned a doctrine of sin or the contemporary so to speak contemporary church has jettisoned or hedged on a view of sin how can God show his love for us because we would read Verse 8, this way, we would misread it, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still okay, while we were good people, while we were self-righteous, Christ died for us. And that just isn't a big deal. That's nothing worth writing about. There is a connection that I hope I've demonstrated to you that is right here in this passage, a connection between our spiritual condition as sinners and the grand and glorious display of God's love for us, who gave Christ to us as a demonstration of his love. This generosity in God sending the Son to die for sinners is the grandest display, the fullest and greatest display and communication of God's love for his people. The undesirable becomes desirable. The orphan is adopted. The lost becomes found. The lonely becomes God's beloved. The sinner is forgiven and accepted in Christ. Uh, Years ago, about 10 years ago, I was driving down I-10, and I saw a billboard, saw a billboard, that had two cute Yorkies on it, you know, Yorkshire Terriers, you know what those look like, got the brown and tan hair, two pictures, said reward $4,000 for these two dogs. And there was a story behind this billboard. There was a woman whose house in San Antonio was burglarized. And in a despicable act, they even took the dogs, Baxter and Cooper. And here's what she said about her dogs. She loved her dogs. They are every bit my babies. They ride in a car seat, and I push them in a stroller. I'm not being critical of this, okay? I push them in a stroller. I am begging pleading desperately for the safe return of my babies. You know, these Yorkies, I mean, so cute, right? And, and I, I love dogs, but, and I hope you do too, but the 4,000 bucks? Well, these criminals did not know Mama Bear's determination and the love she had for these Yorkies. That $4,000 reward eventually made it up to 10,000 bucks. She hired a private investigator to seek out and follow every tip that they received. At one point, they had received an anonymous tip and he was camped out at the uh, beginning point of a neighborhood running the license plates for everyone who came out of the neighborhood. It took him a week to track down the particular house, and of course, because you know Yorkshire Terriers, uh, when he went up to the house, he could hear them barking. <laughs> and so he called the sheriff's department, and I can imagine—you know, this was in Adistocka County. Uh, you can you can imagine—you know—got the body armor on and everything. Oh, you know, get that little chip reader thing uh, to—you to, know—and the, they go. And turns out that's the house. And these Yorkies have been missing for 18 months. And they scan the chip on these Yorkies. And turns out this is Baxter and Cooper. The dogs have been found. Don't ever underestimate love. And the committed love that a person has for their dog. We are more than dogs to God. You have infinite value he created you in his image he made you he formed you and i can imagine that if you don't belong to christ there is a celestial billboard for you that you might be one and rescued with this wonderful love that god has for you in some ways this is a very true statement that if you're in christ god cannot love you any more than he already loves you in the son through christ god cannot he has not reserved more love that he is waiting to pour out to you this is the nature of justification that we have been declared righteous that the righteousness of the son becomes ours by faith he loves us and you see this love is not this ethereal abstract thing but it finds particular expression in a god who loves the unlovely in a god who loves weak sinners and sends christ for us this is how he has shown our love his love for us and the price he paid, not 4000 bucks, not 10000 thousand but the cross. We value things by what we are willing to pay for them. So what does this mean for you? What does it mean for you that every day, in every way, you are loved in Christ, if you belong to him more than you can imagine? What does it mean? That means those who struggle with body image, and many people do, you know, they wish there was something different about them, that you are accepted in Christ, that he loves you, that he has created you, given you the genes and the parents uh, intentionally. If you struggle with low self-esteem, low self-image, by that I mean that you have a low view of yourself, You need to know you are loved not according to your performance, but by God's grace, that He has kicked in the door of the universe, scooped you up, and rescued you. If you have relationships with difficult people, you know that you do not require a certain level of treatment from others. Because God has treated you the best already. That he loves us. To the people pleaser, I say you don't have to please people. Because in Christ, if you belong to him, God is well pleased with you just as he is with the son. To the insecure, I say in Christ, you are eternally secure. That this love will never be rescinded or canceled. To the defeated, I say in Christ, God is for you and he has demonstrated and shown that he is for us in Christ. We'll get there in Romans eight thirty-one. To the hopeless I say you have hope because God gives you a future that his love for you is shown in the future he gives to you. To the suicidal I say your life has value and is valuable because God sent the most precious son to redeem you to the regretful I say God can restore the years the locust has eaten Joel 2 25 to the depressed I say why be downcast when you are loved with an incredible love like this one to the fearful and anxious I say God will quiet you with his love nothing will happen except that which your loving Heavenly Father has ordained for your good. To everyone who is a Christian, I say, ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven. That is us. Our God loves us, and it is because we are so loved that we want to live for Him, that we desire to live for Him. And we'll, we'll see that in look across the page there, Romans 6.1. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. When we are loved like this, we want to live for him and for his glory. To give ourselves to him because he has already given us everything in Christ. So how... How loved are we? Verse 8, God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. But there's more. When We, we got three more verses, and th- these verses really answer this question, How loved are we? More. Much more. How loved are we? Much more. You can't quantify it. You know, think of the little kid comes up, Mommy, I, Daddy, I love you this much, you know? And, and, and as a parent, I hope you don't say, Look, ontologically, you cannot measure an abstract thing uh, in a finite way. I hope you don't answer that way. I hope you get the meaning that this much means everything. And that's what's being told us here in verses 9 10 and 11. You get the repetition, don't you, of this much more. Paul can't show it. He can't demonstrate it. He doesn't have a way to access that. Look at verse 9. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, what? Much more. Much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. Again, this doctrine of sin. If the wrath if, if Romans 1.18 isn't true, the wrath of God revealed against sin, if that isn't true, then the love part isn't either. Do you see the connection? And why this is so important to be a church and to be a Christian, that is true to God's word. You will miss the measure of God's love without a biblical doctrine of sin. By his blood much more, verse 9, shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God and then look in verse 10 again we get this much more for if while we were enemies we are reconciled to God by the death of his son much more how much is it this much no it's much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life okay verse 10 what's the word used there to describe us enemies 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 And that is in the past, is it not? If you're in Christ, you are no longer an enemy. But that's how we begin. That's that common starting point that we all have, that we're at enmity with God because He is holy and we are sinners. And so we are reconciled, and reconciliation is what happens when two parties are at odds with each other and they come back together. It requires both parties to come back together then look at verse 11 we get one more much more it's phrased this way more than that I love you this much more than that we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have now received reconciliation notice there the reconciliation is what received we are the passive recipients of this reconciliation Though we have expressed faith, we always have to understand that that faith that comes from God is a result of the regenerating work of the Holy Spirit. And the faith that we have is a gift. It's not something we manufacture or generate within us. It is God giving it to us. And so you see then, to be loved much more is absolutely a cause for us to rejoice verse 11 more than that we rejoice he's already talked about rejoicing back up in uh, the first part of this passage we rejoice in hope this is verse 2 hope of the glory of god not only that we rejoice in our sufferings and then he adds a third way of rejoicing here we rejoice in god through our lord jesus christ through whom we have now received reconciliation we enjoy fellowship with god friendship with him because whatever came between us and him has been reconciled and dealt with in christ true story i have a friend that i made uh last year uh someone new here in our community and i got to talking to him and as we're getting to know each other he was telling me uh you know what he did before he moved here and um he ran a company And it was a startup company that he ran and was very successful at it. And he said, as he would hire people, he understood it was a huge risk that the whole new company could just evaporate one day and they would all be out of a job. And so he, as he hired people, he would tell them, he would tell them, he said, if we succeed as a company. We all succeed. He would tell them, if we make it big as a company, and by the way, it's a big if, because we're just getting going. If we make it big as a company, we all make it big, he told them, as they came on as new hires. Well, they did succeed in gaining enough success that they garnered the attention of another company that came in And made an incredible offer for their company and bought the company. And they uh, had, he was the president, founder of the company, and they, uh, he wanted to celebrate. He wanted to celebrate with the employees. So he went to a very nice restaurant and reserved a room. And they were going to have a banquet uh, together to celebrate this success that they have. And uh, he put an envelope at each place. And he said when people came in, hey, that envelope, don't touch that. That's for for later. They enjoyed a wonderful evening, beautiful celebration of their success together as they worked. And then at the end, he kind of gave a speech to that effect, thanking each of them. And then he said, now, open your envelope. People screamed when they opened the envelopes inside was a very large check for each of them it was their reward for sticking it out during tenuous days when it was a startup there was crying there were screams tears of joy people retired on the spot they celebrated together all that they had seen happen. And they were rewarded for it. I'm sure some fancy vacations were planned, mortgages paid off, vacation properties purchased, maybe a fancy car or two, maybe some Yorkshire Terriers too. (laughs) It was life-changing, a life-changing amount of money for each of them you know, I look at this table, there's no envelopes here, but this is our banquet. And the spiritual envelope, so to speak, is this great love that God has for you. You know, how great would it be to work for a company and then get this huge paycheck at the end? We have something better. And yet often we forget, that's why Jesus says this, do in remembrance of me, because we forget this incredible love that we unwrap here at this banquet table. That we are blessed in incomprehensible ways that we can only imagine from this great love that god has shown to us here at this table there is an incredible amount of love shown a life-changing amount of love shown to us at this table it is a love that can change your trajectory your life plan how you relate to people and how you love others and your god it is a love only known comprehended in part because you have a biblical doctrine of sin and a biblical view of exactly where you were before you met christ otherwise that love is something you would yawn at something that you could be apathetic towards but oh if you know something of your sin if you believe the words written here weak ungodly, unrighteous, not good, enemies, if you believe that, it is a love that we celebrate together. It's the reason we worship. It's what we live for. The reason we don't have any fear, because nothing changes his love for us. Let's pray together. O Lord, how we thank you that you have demonstrated to us, shown us this great and magnificent love, how we are not worthy of it, and yet you give it by your grace. May we be the people who rejoice in it. Every day, in every way, and here at this banquet table, let us unwrap the wonderful love that you have shown for us. And we pray and we thank you for the greatness of your love for sinners like us. And it's in Christ's name we pray, amen. Let's take a moment and then we'll come to the table together.